This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Magic Spoon and by Honey. We should probably start out with an update on the war in Ukraine, starting with the announcement that the United States has now banned the import of all Russian oil, which was a decision that at this point probably should have been made, considering the other harsh sanctions that the U.S. and other allies had placed on them, while at the same time just actually paying into the Russian economy through fossil fuel imports. That was kind sort of, of funding the war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this Makes is sense. one of the final financial loopholes that Russia had with the United States, and it'll definitely deal a blow to their economy, which is already seemingly in dire straits. Uh, but despite uh, this being an important move that further supports Ukraine, the result is going to be even more financial strain on Americans when it comes to gas prices, which were already sharply rising leading up to this decision. And great timing, too, right, as Joe Biden's telling everyone to get back to the office. Yep, we... We get to that, but uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't uh, in general such a good idea to be partly reliant on an adversarial nation's fossil fuels while at the same time being aggravatingly slow on the investment and development of renewable energy sources and products. Literally, it was just last year that all the traditional American car manufacturers finally said, all right, fine, we'll pivot to electric. Yeah, yeah. And Jen Psaki, who I hate, but she had a <laughs> She had a great uh, a great thread, No Lies Detected, on Twitter the other day. She's like, this is, uh, this is all demonstrating the uh, extreme importance of energy independence and transitioning to renewables. Because yeah. anything that disrupts the global oil supply chain is, uh, you're not going to like it. Well, renewables, great. Uh, when everyone keeps saying energy independence, I get really worried about more, more fracking. More and, fracking, yeah. more drilling. Yeah, just like, drill, yeah. baby, drill. Energy drill, baby, drill. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Oh, oh, what does that mean? No, renewable's great. Uh, yeah. No, we just keep using oil, but it's... Uh, it's our oil. But it's our oil. And yeah. We made it. Well, as of last year, the U.S. only imported less than 10% of its oil from Russia. So it is a bit odd that we've seen such a dramatic spike since the start of this war, but... You know, like with anything else, there are ripple effects on a global scale. This is a, the oil market is a global market. Yeah. And it is priced accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we are still dealing with pandemic-related supply chain issues because everything's part of the global economy. Yeah. Everything's just going across the Pacific in giant fucking ships. Uh, so, yeah, turns out this global economy of ours, this beautiful economy, uh, <laughs> it's actually, it's very delicate, like all beautiful things. Yeah, like a Fabergé uh, egg, another Russian product uh -huh. that we can't have anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, average citizens do bear the brunt of inflation, delays, and um, wages that have mostly stagnated, kind of started to increase recently. Out of ever, desperation. Ever so slightly. Yeah. Uh, while still remaining way too low to actually ever get ahead in life. Yeah. Land of opportunity, my ass. Guys, don't worry. We're finally, after 15 years of negotiations, going to give you that $15 an hour minimum wage. We are going to give you a wage that <laughs> is actually uh, unlivable. Weighted for uh, inflation, uh, but weighted for inflation circa 1999. So it's something, right? But it's better than before, right? Yeah, thanks. Great. Uh, so now people are paying more for their gas at literally the worst possible time, which is right when the offices are starting to demand, not ask not beg, demand that their work-from-home employees return to the office for reasons that we can't begin to understand, except to assume that, you know, those managers, they're extroverts, and they've been losing their minds just sitting all alone at home. Their kids and spouses are so annoyed, they yeah. need to get them back in the office. Yeah, uh, yeah it's it, it's about control. Yeah. That's really all it comes down to, and because uh, otherwise, yeah, it's a huge waste of commercial real estate that should probably be rezoned for 
residential development because that's another big fucking problem in this country is yeah. uh, there's not enough places to live. The places that are around, too expensive. Yeah. But still, yeah, it's all just very sadly ironic uh, and cruel and oddly coincidental that the one positive change provided by the pandemic, getting to work from home, and in most cases, uh, getting to work for about, you know, the two hours that you would usually stretch out over eight hours, uh, being able to do that from home, a lot more opportunities. Mm -hmm. But nope, you're going back to work. You're sitting there for eight hours like a good little boy, just in time for $7 a gallon gas prices. Yeah, and everyone who uh, moved away out of the cities to, uh, you know, have a have bigger space or whatever. No, you got to drive back. all the way you're back. You're moving back, baby. <laughs> yeah. I hope you liked living in Wyoming. Mm -hmm. I hope you liked roughing it for a little bit. All you and people in the lower, of Manhattan... To Connecticut, you're coming back. No more calling the cops every time you see a moose and just annoying the <laughs> shit out of them. You're coming back to L.A. where you're going to be calling the cops about skunks and coyotes and them telling you to stop it, please. Yeah, but yeah, this does suck. Like, this is this is a, another tax on poor people. It sucks. Like, and wouldn't you know it, luckily, we do have a just amazing public transit system in all of the cities in this country that can offset the damage done by these crazy... Oh, we don't have that? It's a really good thing that oh. at the beginning of the 20th century, all of the urban centers of this country uh, invested heavily into robust, useful, affordable public transit systems. And I, I don't really remember what happened after that, but I'm assuming all of that infrastructure is still in place now and people can rely on that instead of driving. Yeah. I don't know. I might need an update on that. Everything's but, uh, great here. But yeah, during, uh, during last week's State of the Union address, Biden said the following. It's time for Americans to get back to work and fill our great downtowns again. Mm. People working from home can feel safe to begin to return to the office. It's not about feeling safe, sir. Uh, this was basically the go-ahead for any companies that were still holding out on forcing their employees back into office buildings out of fear that they would look irresponsible doing so. They're like, nope, president said it's fine. You can all come back now. Also, wouldn't it be great to actually uh, breathe life into our downtown areas with affordable residential housing and shops? No, they have to go down to a soulless epicenter of office work. Yeah. Where the only thing that happens on a social scale is people going to Jimmy John's for lunch. That's uh, the downtown I love. Yeah. Did you see that post of, uh, I don't know which company it was, but it was, they put up all these welcome back signs that were just rubbing salt into the wound. It's like, I bet your dog really misses you right now, but time to get back to work. <laughs> people are so dumb. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, inst it, like instead of, uh, you know, continuing on with something that has been proven to be overwhelmingly successful uh, for the companies who are allowing it and great for the mental well-being of uh, most people. I guess there are a bunch of extroverts who are hating being away from the office. But now it's, hey, welcome back. Enjoy the two to three hours a day and now hundreds of dollars a month in gas wasted on your journey here and home. We love you. There was a, I, read, I can't remember where I read this article recently, but uh, I mean, management, they, they just don't fucking, they don't understand why people like working from home. And it was, it was this one boss uh, who, he, he gave his employees the, the option. It was, you can work from home if you want or, or work in the office if you want. Um, and he had just bought like a literal F1 car to keep in their, in their lobby as like a oh that, so he wanted him to see it yeah he's like I, I bought the F1 car and the the amount of employees coming into the office it stayed the same like it's like these people don't appreciate 
the things I do for them. I bought them the F1 car to look at, and they still want to work from home. I don't get it. I can't remember where it's it like was. It's like they're ingrateful. But one of those entertainment companies that we used to visit every once in a while had an actual arm from one of the robots from Pacific Rim in the uh, like waiting area. That was uh, Cliffy B's company, I think. Was it? Huh. I think so. Anyways, I that was know. funny. That's another one of those things where you walk in and you're like, Wow, impressive. Yeah, cool. You got the arm from the robot. Wow. Uh, anyways, regarding those gas prices, uh, amidst the announcement of the Russian oil ban, according to the Associated Press, Americans will feel pain, too, at the gas pump, Biden acknowledged, declaring, defending freedom is going to cost. And he's not wrong. This is probably the right move. It's just a lot for the average person to deal with financially, along with literally everything else. And while at the same time, uh, reports from as recently as January point out that the 10 richest billionaires literally doubled their wealth during the pandemic, with inequality now reaching, quote, outrageous levels, according to anti-poverty charity Oxfam. Um, yeah. This was like, I, the, the headline that was going around yesterday was, Americans need to brace for the long, hard road ahead. And look, we should be supporting. And when we Ukraine. say Americans, we say the poor. Yeah, people. of yeah. course. That's You're talking about the, the people who actually uh, the rest make of everything us are work. Be fine. But uh, it is look very. It's the last thing you want to hear when we are on the two year. This week is the two year anniversary of the lockdowns for the COVID pandemic. Yeah. So hearing that statement uh, on at, during this week is just uh, look. I'll be honest. It's a fucking bummer. I, I don't know how what other way to put it. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, these, these, I mean, gas is going to go up, but it does, it probably is going to go up way more than it really needs to, mm -hmm. um, the, you know, shortages and shortages offer great opportunities for very legal, very cool price gouging mm -hmm. that you can't do anything about. Yeah. God, well, we got to raise the price. And you're going to need to heat that home. Ah, we wouldn't be able to stay in business. Oh, you want to be cold? Yeah. Anyway, at the same time as all this, it is impossible to compare the situation here. Oh, no, gas is going to go yeah, up. exactly. Oh, no, I have to drive back to work. To compare that to what's happening over in Ukraine, where there is a war. We are not being bombed or shot at or having our buildings demolished by close enemy combatants. Yes, so, it is. Uh, I know. We are aware of the, the yeah. very weird separation between what we talk about here and what is going on elsewhere. Uh, just to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's difficult to discuss either of those situations without without coming off as overly simplistic or ignorant or disconnected to the reality that Ukrainians are facing. So, yes, things are far, far worse elsewhere. And while it's good to see a majority of the world putting financial pressure on Putin, it doesn't change the fact that Ukraine is currently suffering from unthinkable damage. Uh, earlier this week, there was an announcement that Russia would hold off on attacking convoys of Ukrainian citizens who were attempting to flee the area. But... Then they went ahead and assaulted these so-called humanitarian corridors. Anyway, very cool. Uh, here's CBS News. Food, water, medicine, and almost all other supplies were in desperately short supply in the port city of Maripol, where Russian and Ukrainian forces had agreed to an 11-hour ceasefire to allow citizens and the wounded to be evacuated. But Russian attacks quickly closed the corridor, Ukrainian officials said. After the ceasefire in Maripol failed to hold Saturday, Russian forces intensified their shelling of the city and dropped massive bombs on residential areas of Chernyiv, a city north of Kiev, Ukrainian officials said. Meanwhile, Russian citizens have also suffered losses, like the loss of the Big Mac, the delicious hamburger from McDonald's. 
McDonald's officially announced that it will be closing all 850 restaurants in Russia, which is a, that's a big deal there. If you've ever seen the video of the first ever McDonald's opening oh in that God. region, yeah. it is, uh, that's a classic. It's a YouTube I mean, classic. All McDonald's in Europe are, it's a fancier affair than you'd ever find anywhere here in these United States. Well, it was maybe a, in like Times Square. It, it was a specifically a much bigger deal when it opened. I think it was in Moscow where it opened uh, because it was some it was western decadence yeah. that was not allowed during the soviet that union that was the real berlin wall coming down yes was when they broke ground on the, the first mcdonald's the, behind the iron Curtain. the news coverage of it is also great because there are lines switchback oh, yeah. lines are out the door people waited hours to taste mcdonald's and they went in and interviewed people uh that's yeah, fine yeah they're like, <laughs> i don't see what's so great about it <laughs> like their reviews were Whatever. not great yeah. um but yeah there are videos now uh, uh, after the announcement was made that McDonald's is going to close down all of the uh, restaurants, there's now videos of people like waiting hours long lines in cars to get that last Big Mac. And in a s- sort of bit of good news, uh, McDonald's has committed to paying the employees of these restaurants That's while they're shut down. Yeah. Okay. Um, not that McDonald's is a hero in general, but that that was nice to hear. Thank you to our heroes at McDonald's. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> Uh, so the fast food chain joins other American companies who were essentially shamed into closing because uh, they were some of the last few holdouts. Starbucks also announced that they'd be closing their Russian stores. And Coca-Cola, alongside Pepsi, will be suspending soda sales. Oh, jeez. So these latest announcements all came immediately after a spreadsheet compiled by a Yale professor named Jeffrey Sonfeld was released. The document was basically a checklist of companies that operated in the region and what, if any, changes or announcements they'd made as a result of the invasion of Ukraine. So McDonald's, Starbucks, and Coca-Cola, they all topped the list of, hey, you're, everything's operating as normal here. Are you guys going to do anything? No? Well, then we're going to tell everyone. Uh, and uh, all three, they made amount, announcements in the days that followed. Um, what will be interesting is that uh, a country losing McDonald's and Soda Pop. They're probably going to be in such good shape. It's yeah. going to make their soldiers. <laughs> Super un- soldiers. Yeah. We're not ready for that. Because all of our soldiers, literally, like, no matter where they're fighting in the world, there's uh, Burger King is never more than 50 yards away. Yeah. America, we do one thing right, and it's logistics. So. This is going to be a weird experiment yeah. on uh, how, how bad fast food and soda actually affects the uh, physical well-being of the citizens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So on the, on the tech and entertainment side of things, Twitch has suspended payments and partnerships with Russian streamers. TikTok suspended live streaming and new posts from Russia, reportedly due to Russia's new law that punishes... Fake news with up to 15 years in prison. And yeah, fake news in this case being anything that the Kremlin says is false information relating to the invasion of Ukraine mm-hmm. and even like calling it an invasion. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to a special operation of liberation or something. Yeah. So uh, uh, it's sort of it's sort of like how America was never really at war in Vietnam or with Vietnam. You know, we were just... Uh, we're involved it was in combat combat operations. Yeah, we yeah. were doing combat operations. But how dare you call this a war, sir? Yeah, so it's a, a very broad uh, law that they've enacted. So companies are... Yeah. Uh, it, it sucks because this is a, you know, way to communicate with the outside world, but are like, well, we don't want to be the reason that someone gets fucking thrown in jail for 15 years because they mentioned the they used the wrong word. Yeah. So... So, yeah, they say that they're doing it out of an abundance of caution to protect their users from accidentally incriminating themselves, though the company added that Russians will still be able to use the app's messaging service for the time being. Netflix announced they would stop streaming in Russia, as well as stopping any future projects or acquisitions based in Russia. Uh, Even the WWE, with its very long history of putting profits over 
even its own employees or even just, uh, you know, the, Paying the, the medical bad, bills of yeah. or even the bad optics of uh, having events in uh, countries that everyone knows are uh, fucking human rights nightmares. Yeah. Just multiple pay-per-view events in Saudi Arabia. Uh, that WWE, they announced they are halting operations in Russia. Um, not what those operations were. I guess probably the app. Pay-per-views. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Russia is truly legitimately canceled. Cancel culture has come for Russia. Yeah. And it's coming for you next. Mm -hmm. If these, Unless we can uh, get these college students to stop canceling each other. Read my op-ed in the New York Times about how someone in class made a face <laughs> at me and it made me sad. So the dean sent them to Russia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But one of the stranger stories that, have, that has come out of Russia in the past few days has to be the arrest of WNBA player Brittany Griner, who officials uh, over there, they claim... Uh, she was carrying weed cartridges while traveling through a Moscow airport. And upon reading the initial reports, uh, anyone would probably react with, okay, why the fuck are you in Moscow right now? And why would you be carrying weed on you in Russia? Seems like a really bad combination yeah. amidst a global conflict. Yeah. Well, we can't really speak to the possession of the weed cartridges. Uh, it is very likely that an American traveling abroad could potentially have weed on them, regardless of whether or not that's a bad idea. It happens. Um, doing it while traveling in Russia, during all of this, probably not the smartest idea. Yeah. But it could also, it's entirely possible that uh, an American of some prominence has, you know, might have had something planted on him. That is a possibility. Or that the charge was made up in order to detain them at a time where tensions are extremely high between our two countries. I'm not saying it's either of those. It's probably some ha, ha, ha. weed cartridges. What will the United States do with not with now without its <coughs> without its beloved WNBA? Haha! -ha. Another misjudgment by you. Take away our Big Macs. We take away your beloved WNBA. Mm -hmm. That's the one they like, right? Right? It's the one they all watch. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> let's focus on why she was. <laughs> let's focus on why she was there first, because we at least know that much because of some reporting from uh, NPR. Now, WNBA players, they don't really. They don't make a lot of money no. uh, here in the states, comparable to other athletes. And uh, if you think that sucks. You should definitely put your money where your mouth is and head out to cheer on your local team when they play. But uh, as it stands, players often sign contracts to play in other countries to supplement their income during the offseason. Oh, yeah. uh, so NPR takes from here saying, At home, Griner is a seven-time WNBA All-Star center who plays for the Phoenix Mercury. But like many other WNBA stars, Griner heads overseas during the WNBA's offseason to make more money. Griner plays for UMMC Ekaterinburg, as did fellow WNBA star and Mercury teammate Diana Tarasi, who left the Ekaterinburg's team at the end of 2017. When Griner was signed to Ekaterinburg, it was also not long after both she and her former wife, Glory Johnson, a former WNBA player, were both arrested on domestic violence charges. Tarasi, too, had gotten into legal troubles. Working in Russia allowed them both a chance to step out of the American spotlight. But Griner's Russian team may have its own issues with American media attention. UMMC Ekaterinburg is owned by Uzbek-born businessman Iskander Mahmudov. Mahmudov has been named as one of the oligarchs with ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin within the Putin Accountability Act that is being considered by Congress. Late last month, ESPN reported that several WNBA players who play in Russia were planning to leave because of the Ukraine invasion, noting that some normally stay as late as April or early May before returning to their WNBA jobs. 
On Sunday, U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken acknowledged that an American is being held in Russia, but did not identify Griner by name. However, Griner's wife, Cheryl Griner, as well as the WNBA and the Phoenix Mercury, has identified Griner publicly. Uh, and they also indicated that there is no confirmed date of arrest, so while it looks like she maybe waited too long to leave the country, it's likely she's been in custody for quite a while. Yeah, so it's not... It's potentially that she got picked up before this conflict. Uh, not like, ah, oh, shit, I'm yeah. going to wait around for a week and see if this really ju does play out. So, yeah, uh, if if convicted for the weed smuggling, she could face 10 years in prison, just not... Not that's idea. Russian prison. Yeah, not great. That 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 does not fit the crime, which shouldn't be a crime. Yeah, no. But, but uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that is, other countries are very strict on weed, so you yeah. probably shouldn't be uh, uh, whether you want to call it smuggling or not, taking weed through their borders, in and out of their borders, and you get, on their... you get these Russians off McDonald's, off soda pop, get, get them, them on weed. get them on weed. Yeah. They're gonna see the light. Yeah, they still use leaded gasoline over there. They might put it in H. Uh, here's an update with some good news, though, if there can be any good news in an active war. On the latest episode of Weekly Weird News, we spoke about the fact that the Ukrainians on Snake Island, who told the Russians to go fuck themselves, were, in fact, still alive. Which was great, because immediately after their comms hit social media, it was widely reported that they'd all died immediately after sending that colorful message. Uh, well, now, according to reports, the Russian warship that attacked Snake Island has been destroyed. But were they on it? It's been destroyed, Elliot. Okay. <laughs> Again, like with everything else that's being reported, we have to take this with a grain of salt. I would love for it to be true, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, outlets are reporting that the Ukrainian Navy destroyed the warship while defending the Black Sea port of Odessa. From the Times UK, One of the two Russian warships that attacked Snake Island, a sliver of land in the Black Sea, has been destroyed, according to Ukrainian military sources. The Vasily Baikov, a large patrol corvette that was commissioned in December 2018, appears to have been hit during a firefight in the early hours yesterday. Video shared by the Ukrainian Navy showed rocket exchange, followed by the sound of two men trying to work out whether they hit the ship. We fucking hit them, one of the men confirms. The second man invokes the Ukrainian soldier's words from when the island was attacked, saying, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. So that's big if true. Yeah, and uh, great that they didn't die, and also got the last word if this is all true. Yeah. Like, remember the last time you heard this? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's, it's a catchphrase now. Yeah. Anyways, we do have a bunch of non-Russian, Ukrainian war news for you, but yeah. we are, we're going to take a quick second here to thank today's sponsors, starting with Magic Spoon. Mm. And we usually get out the bowl and the spoon, but hey, guess what? New now. products. But yeah. Grow it's convenient now. You can walk around with it anywhere. Have you ever wanted to eat cereal with just your hands? Yes. Uh, so growing up, cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but then, you know, you realize it's all full of sugar and junk that you shouldn't eat. Luckily, in steps Magic Spoon with great tasting cereal that's got zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving, and also only 140 calories. Mm -hmm. And now Magic Spoon has made things deliciously portable with their brand new limited edition cereal bars. Yeah, these cereal bars, they offer the same health benefits of their traditional cereal in the convenience of a tasty, crunchy, on-the-go snack that also has similar nutritional value to a protein bar. They've got flavors like this one right here, cookies and cream. This is what I've been enjoying daily. I love it. You like get up and grab one, grab some coffee, go yeah. sit down and write an episode. Maybe give it a little dip. Yeah. <laughs> they also have cocoa and peanut butter. Um, 
and I'm assuming that those are great too. Each bar has 10 grams of protein, one gram of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Magic Spoon is so excited to announce the launch of their limited edition cereal bars. So in addition to your cereal boxes, be sure to grab some cereal bars while supplies last and be sure to use our code TODAYDAILY, all one word, for $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon, as always, is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money, no questions asked. So click the link below, use the code TODAYDAILY for $5 off, or go to magicspoon.com slash todaydaily to try out their delicious new cereal bars while supplies last. We're and, super cereal about this. Yes, and uh, for our Canadian and British viewers, Magic Spoon is now shipping to Canada and the UK. Oi! This episode is also sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online, ranging from sites that have tech and gaming products to popular fashion brands and even food delivery. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button drops down and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you will watch the prices drop. I mean, we all shop online. It's the, pretty much the main way I shop for things now. And it is always uh, pretty exciting to get to that page and watch it scroll through all 10, 12, 15 of those coupon codes. And you can watch uh, in the background, you'll see like some savings sometimes, and then it'll get to a bigger one. And it always picks the one that's going to get you the most on it. Yeah. Um, recently, I got some, uh, some vinyl records because I'm a hipster. And uh, got a got a free shipping coupon on that, so it was great. Can't wait for the new Ghost album. Oh baby, mm -hmm. it's apparently really good. I've heard three songs; they're great. But uh, the reviews coming out pretty good. Honey doesn't just work on desktop; it also works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on free savings. It's literally free, and it installs in a few seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. We would never recommend something we don't use, so get Honey for free today at joinhoney.com slash itdaily. That is joinhoney.com slash itdaily. All right, back to the news now with some election coverage from South Korea. Mm -hmm. So South Korea is, as we film this, conducting a presidential election. And what is strange about this one is that if conservative candidate Suk Yol wins, he will be the first president elected with the help of deep fake technology. Oh, good. We yeah. were wondering when this would happen. Well, it's happening. The people love deepfakes. They do. Who would have thought? They love it in their politics. Mm -hmm. More well, of that deepfakes, please. I think they specifically love this because it's <laughs> kind of like a... Uh, you go to a website and you ask it a question, and it'll respond back. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not going to get into the politics of this guy. Uh, he did apparently accept a, a fruit bribe at one point during his career. Yeah. But we're just going to talk about how weird it is that the deployment of this tech is being used to win an election. Because in our minds, this would work the other way around, usually. The worst case scenario, you know, yeah. you, you create a deep fake of your opponent that looks and talks like them, and then you have them say things that would ruin their political careers. Talking about eating ass and shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how it would work in America, at least. With AI Yoon, it appears as though they're trying to make this old man edgy and cool, like a political version of Poochie from that Simpsons episode, or Clive Palmer from Australia. <laughs> uh, here's France 24 with more on AI Yoon. Armed with hours of specially recorded footage of opposition People Power Party candidate Yoon Suk-yeol, the team has created a digital avatar of the frontrunner and set AI Yoon loose on the campaign trail ahead of a March 9th election. AI Yoon's creators believe he is the world's first official deepfake candidate. 
With neatly combed black hair and a smart suit, the Avatar looks near identical to the real South Korean candidate, but uses salty language and meme-ready quips in a bid to engage younger voters who get their news online. It's been a huge hit. AI Yoon has attracted millions of views since making his debut January 1st. Tens of thousands of people have asked questions, but it's not the usual policy-related fare. Quote, President Moon Jae-in and rival presidential candidate Lee Jae-myung are drowning. Who do you save? One user asks AI Yoon. Quote, I'd wish them both good luck. The avatar snaps back. So this is like a Tay sort of thing? Or like a bonsai buddy or that guy that's asking you questions and identifies who you're talking about. It's a little oh, AI yeah. companion that you can talk to. Cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the reporting continues. The real Yoon recorded more than 3,000 sentences, 20 hours of audio and video to provide enough data for a local deepfake technology company to create the avatar. What the avatar actually says is written by his campaign team, not by the candidate himself. When answering questions posed by users, AI Yoon mockingly refers to President Moon and his rival Lee as Moon Ding Dong and Lee Ding Dong. Ko Sam Seog, a staffer for Yoon's main opponent, Lee, accuses the cyber candidate of downgrading political decorum but the snark is working. While polling for the March 9th election remains neck and neck, Yoon has pulled ahead of rival Lee Jae-myung with voters in their 20s. This literally happened in a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. You're ding, ding, moon ding dong. Oh my God. So take that. But uh, yeah, by the time this video goes up, the results may have already been reported. But as we learned just a few short years ago, picking the conservative meme guy with the snarky comebacks might not be the best idea. Yeah, we have some experience with that. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that guy, though, Donald Trump, uh, he's been on the receiving end of uh, even more exposés recently, thanks to Fred Flintstone himself, William Barr, who is spilling the beans on the former president in order to sell a bunch of copies of his book. Just like literally everyone else who was involved in the Trump administration, who happily went along with everything, actively deceived the American people, and were completely willing to allow a person that they knew was dangerous and unstable to get away with whatever he wanted, only before flipping and acting shocked and sometimes appalled at what they'd seen uh, after it was safely behind them. And once they had a book coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, the range of new details around Trump's antics while Barr was serving as attorney general ranged from simple, silly things like Trump handing out chocolates and Diet Coke at important meetings. Oh, that's nice. He said he unveiled the Hershey's candy bars like a deck of cards. It was beautiful, really. Fanned them out. Yeah. To far more serious accusations like potentially sabotaging members of his own party for crossing him and mm, provoking civil war. Yeah, I'd say that's worse than... Just handing out candy bars. Come on. Yeah. But he also had some insight on one of the more famous moments at the end of the Trump administration. Rudy Giuliani's National Embarrassment Tour, which found him constantly parroting a stolen election narrative to anyone who would listen. Anywhere they would listen. And sometimes leaking oil out of his head in the process. So in his case, or in this case, we are specifically referring to the uh, Four Seasons Total Landscaping Press Conference, which Barr now refers to as a grotesque embarrassment going against the unbelievable narrative at the time that somehow insisted that everything was intentional by never mentioning that it was a mistake and that they'd actually meant to book a conference room at the upscale hotel chain. But so, oops, we did it next to the yeah, uh, the porn library. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so in his book, as reported by Insider, Barr wrote, his legal team had a difficult case to make and they made it as badly and unprofessionally as I could have imagined pointing to the bizarre Four Seasons Total Landscaping press conference on November 7th and the November 19th press conference event, quote, in which mascara appeared to drip from Giuliani's sideburns. <laughs> it was all a grotesque embarrassment, Barr added. A gap soon developed between what Giuliani and his team were saying in public and what they were telling courts. In public, they aired sweeping but unsubstantiated assertions of voter fraud, Barr wrote, 
But in their court papers, as Giuliani frankly acknowledged, they were not claiming fraud. Barr made no secret of his disdain for Giuliani in his book, calling the former mayor an unguided missile. The former AG described his frustration with how Giuliani tried to rope the Department of Justice into his schemes to pressure Ukraine to investigate Biden's son Hunter in 2019, and then to back Trump's false claims of massive fraud in the 2020 election. Quote, Rudy Giuliani saved New York City after 9-11 mm. and should go down as probably the most consequential mayor of a big city in American history, Barr wrote, which is obviously debatable. Yeah. Uh, but he continued, but he will also go down as the man who helped President Trump get himself impeached, not once, but as it turned out, twice. And uh, not that it wasn't implied by us retelling this, but fuck William Barr. Yeah. Yeah. Fred Flintstone looking ass. Don't buy this book. Yeah, no. You're getting it all for free in the uh, headlines anyway. Yeah. All, the, uh, all the real controversial Don't buy stuff. any of these people's books. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Anyways, in an update to a story we previously covered, uh, the guy who took out an $85,000 PPP loan during the early months of the COVID pandemic and then used the money to buy a rare Charizard Pokemon card, uh, that guy has finally been sentenced for his crime. Not a cool crime. Uh, here, here's Polygon. A Georgia man has been sentenced to 36 months in prison, three years after using COVID-19 relief money to purchase a rare Charizard Pokemon card. The man, 31-year-old Vinath Udomzine, was awarded an economic injury disaster loan for $85,000 after claiming to own a small business that supported 10 employees. Once Udomzine got the money, however, the DOJ said he used $57,789 of it to buy a Charizard card. God damn. Mm. This is from Japan or something? <laughs> you got special holograms on yeah. it? A card matching this description, a first edition shadowless and holographic Charizard card with a 9.5 gem mint rating sold at the PWCC marketplace for that price in late December. Udomzine will have three years of supervised release after the three years in prison. He has also agreed to turn the Charizard card over to prosecutors. And also as part of your uh, part of your bail, no more Pokemon. You never touch pocket monsters again. No Pokemon, no Magic the Gathering, no TTD, no TTGs. No comic conventions. Yeah, no cons. Yes, no more cons. Sports uh, gambling, that's fine. But <laughs> yes. NFTs? Eh. Yeah. So anyway, now this Pokemon card is government property, and it will probably go to auction where it'll be purchased by Logan Paul or something stupid like that, because yep. he got burned pretty badly by buying a, a box of original unopened Pokemon cards and ended up just being fakes. So I'd put him up there. He apparently got burned by uh, Floyd uh, Mayweather, too, who hasn't paid him yet for that fight. Damn. And now Logan Paul's like, oh, he must be broke, I guess, because he's not paying me. Damn. Yeah. So we'll see how that all... All goes. But speaking of arrests and prosecutions, though, it's official. The leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Terrio, has been arrested and charged with conspiracy for his alleged role in planning the January 6th attack on the Capitol, according to the Justice Department. Here's NPR with more details. Although Terrio is not accused of physically taking part in the breach of the Capitol or even being in Washington, D.C. at the time, the Justice Department said Terrio, quote, conspired to corruptly obstruct, influence, and impede an official proceeding, the certification of the Electoral College vote. As the leader and creator of a special chapter of the Proud Boys known as the Ministry of Self-Defense, the 38-year-old, quote, led the advanced planning and remained in contact with other members of the Proud Boys during their breach of the Capitol, according to prosecutors. The Justice Department also said he claimed credit for the attack on social media and in an encrypted chat room during and after the attack. He admitted. This guy, this guy sucks, but also there's some weird stuff with him. He's probably an FBI informant. 
Yeah, we reported uh, on some of his uh, more yeah, suspicious he, he stuff very, in the past. He very strangely just sort of like kind of disappeared right off the map, like right before January 6th. And uh, yeah, I, like there's there's good reason to believe that the Proud Boys has just been a social experiment, a honey trap by the FBI for yeah, a is... long time. Because that is very, that's what the FBI loves entrapment in they're, that way they're ju- uh, just now i think it's either going to court or i don't know what stage of it they are in now but they're uh currently working on the uh michigan governor who it's all cops there was like one real yeah, uh, the actual... fbi just like convinced these people to uh capture well, it, it, was, <laughs> it was and i don't know if this is true but there's theories that it was like multiple it was like there was like a DEA guy in there, an ATF guy, an FBI guy, a, a U.S. marshal, and they're all just like, think the other people, like, oh wait, shit, we were all cops. <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Well, what a waste of time. Is anyone here not a cop? Oh, he's not a cop. Yeah, book him, boys. Yeah, we got him. Yeah, we did all the work, but we got him. Yeah. So there's suspicious stuff that happens all the time, yeah. and this is one of those. I mean, this is like every every fucking arrest from the last. 20 years of like, uh, you know, the FBI stopped this terrorist right before he was about to like, you know, do this attack he's been planning for a while. Like if you look into like 99% of them, it's just like the FBI some, handed a man a bomb. And told yeah, him to it's go just do like it. some like uh, some fucking Middle Eastern teenager with like mental health problems who like got literally in some cases uh, honey potted online by like someone being like, I want. I just want a, a nice man who loves Allah and is willing to do terrorism. That's the kind of man I will let have sex with me and marry me. A lot of uh, <laughs> FBI catfishing going on. Yeah, no, with, it's, uh, with catastrophic results. And there's been a few examples. Uh, there was a, an attack in Texas like six or seven years ago where there's a lot of evidence that that one was a hunting trap that actually uh, actually proceeded into a real attack, and the FBI completely fucked up actually stopping it, and then had to like cover their tracks. Of any involvement in it leading up to it, we're a fun. There's country. a lot there. Yeah, we're a fun country. Uh, anyways, uh, that's it for today's episode. If you haven't already, please watch our most recent episode of Weekly Weird News, uh, where don't worry the the pro the the conflict in Ukraine it's solved. You just need to do a couple war crimes, uh, according to former President Donald Trump. Yeah, miss uh, me yet? And uh, check out our most recent episode of News Dump. Watch both of those. And uh, oh, uh, tech. Uh, speaking of Texas. We're going to be there yes. April 1st. And this, we, ain't no fooling. Uh, April 1st, <laughs> we're performing in Austin. Performing. We're doing a live podcast. Uh, we're opening the opening act for the Rooster Teeth podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was supposed to be in January, but Omicron. Yeah. So yeah. got postponed. Uh, information down, down below. In the description. Buy your tickets now if you can go because uh, they sent an email and they said there's uh, not many tickets left. So show up. Buy those tickets. Yeah. Come see us. Uh, because then just going right back into our holes. Yep. Right back into this office and never leaving. All right. Now, watch the videos that are popping up over here. Subscribe to the channel, leave a comment, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.